0: Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. Yes, I can say right here in Lexington because I am officially back in Lexington, recording this right at 11 o'clock here on Thursday evening in the WLAP studios. It is me again solo tonight because Kyle Tucker is dealing with some family illness. That has left him a little bit tired, and we couldn't link up earlier because I was driving, so I'm going to let Kyle rest. Hopefully, the family gets all healthy, so keep him in your thoughts and prayers and his family. That'd be real nice, and we will have Kyle back on before you know it. On this edition of the podcast, which is brought to you by Nick Ratliff, Realtor, we're going to preview Kentucky versus Vanderbilt, do our weekly over-unders, and since I'm solo, that means I get... All the credit when I get one right, and I get no the if I miss it, it doesn't count. That's the rules I just decided since Kyle can't be on tonight, so it's all positive for me. I think right now I still trail Kyle um, by one in the over under picks, so I think there's a pretty good chance I make it up this week. Uh, also, I'm gonna share a couple more tales from the road and an uh, SEC media day story. I'm gonna expound just a little bit on something. That I mentioned yesterday about meeting, not meeting Tom Crean in the bathroom, but encountering Tom Crean in the bathroom. Since Some people were tweeting me about that. I actually got a text from my cousin who said, hey, that must have been awkward. Well, actually, Calvin, it was even more awkward, and, and I'm going to end the podcast with letting you guys know how that happened. All right, For right. First, we're just going to preview this Kentucky Vanderbilt game, obviously, Vanderbilt, has, had some, has it had an interesting season in my estimation? Everybody points to the Notre Dame game where they played really well and had a chance to win at the end of it, um, but ended up losing by five points. They were driving to win the game and came up a little bit short. But they've also been down in some games, specifically the two that when you look at their schedule, jump out. One is the 37-14 to 14 loss at home against South Carolina. And then they only beat Tennessee State which is a championship subdivision formerly 1AA they only beat them by four points it's not a big win in a game that you thought they should be able to win got blown out at Georgia last week had a decent game specifically in the first half against Florida end up falling by 10 so it kind of when you look at it when you look at their schedule they have a win they're right now 3 and 4 overall they beat middle tennessee they beat nevada And then they come up just a little bit short at Notre Dame. Then they get blown out by South Carolina. Eek by a lesser opponent in Tennessee State. Blown out by Georgia. Have a good first half against Florida. Kind of fall apart. And then get kind of blown out again in the second half. So the trajectory of the season appears to be going down with a slight blip up at the beginning of the game last week against the Gators. Uh, Obviously... It's a huge week for Kentucky. They need to bounce back after the loss of Texas A&M. They need to kind of prove that they are who we think they are, and they are a ranked team, and ranked teams take care of teams like Vanderbilt at home coming off a bye week, and they take care of them easily. The talking points we've gotten from this week back because the coaches had a brief, didn't do much media during the bye week, and This week, we're back on the regular schedule, so everybody around the beat has gotten to talk to the offense, defense, and Mark Stoops a couple times. And real quick, I will shout out all the awesome local coverage that happens around Lexington. Obviously, I've been in Birmingham the past couple days, but through the magic of the interweb, I've been able to follow along with football practice because of the great coverage. Uh, specifically, the stuff I, I follow currently is the Lexington Herald-Leader and the Courier-Journal, Jen Smith, and John Hale on the beats for those. And they have a lot of other people that help them on those pieces. Well, obviously, tons of other people do a great job on those. Um, but those are the people that I've been following along with them this week to kind of get some of these nuggets that I know. Because, listen, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you'll be like, Curtis is about to break down this football game, and he's about to tell comments that the players had. He was in Birmingham. Is there actually two Curtis Birches? Is he, can he be in two places at one time? Is, it, is he somehow figured out the space-time continuum, or has he duplicated himself? What is going on here? Well, that's not what it is. I just know who to follow, and you should follow those people too. All right, so here's here's the news from a Kentucky standpoint. One, injury updates. Nasir Watkins, kind of a surprise that he will be able to play. Mark Stoops was very kind of down on him when we talked to him a week ago Tuesday, so going on almost two weeks, about a week and a half Made it sound like Watkins would be out more, but his progress has uh, kind of surprised the coaching staff, and now he's looks like he's going to be able to go in addition to Drake Jackson, who Stoop said was very likely to go on his Monday press conference, so that's not a full surprise, but to kind of have it said by him is good for Kentucky offensive line. That's that's two big pieces, and the fact that obviously Drake ja- uh, Jackson is the centerpiece, literally and figuratively, of the offensive line, and Nasir Watkins is an important piece because he's the backup tackle. And when you can kind of get or some rotation and kind of build up some depth at those positions, if, if EJ Price gets nicked and needs to take a breather, boom, Watkins is Watkins and the drop-off isn't that far. And I think I've made that point before. Mark Stoops kind of said that, that that's something that he's dealing with this season when he's working in some young guys. You know, before, it would be, I can't take this guy. We'll just use Jordan Jones in this example. Normally, he'd be like, I can't take Jordan Jones off the field because the drop-off is so significant. This year, I can take Jordan Jones off the field, and I can put in uh, DeAndre Square. Or I can take Cash Daniels off the field for a little bit and put in Chris Oates, and there won't be that much of a drop-off. That's a huge key to kind of keep guys fresh. And then when you you get to a situation where if there's an injury or something happens, or, for example, Cash Daniels have to be suspended, you're going to be okay. That is something that I've heard, and I'm going to reiterate this point in a bit, about Vanderbilt. They might have some problems there. The other big talking point this week from the team, specifically the coaching staffs, that started with Mark Stoops on Monday and actually the week before. The wide receiver position, there's been some shaking up, shaking it up. One, Zahir Hughes, I would be surprised if he doesn't get at least a couple touches this game. Mark Stoops mentioned him by name several times, and when that happens, I mean, you're probably going to get involved. He's a speedster. Everybody saw the trick play a few weeks ago. Really, really fast. They say that he's probably one of the fastest guys on the team. So you want the hand, the ball in his hands. Also, Amon Wagner is starting to get some talk. He is the transfer from Iowa who played basketball. Now, obviously he had to shake off some rust and get back into the game of football because he'd been playing college basketball for the past couple seasons. But when you watch him on the field, when you when we got to watch him in the open practice, he just looks like an SEC wide receiver, and he makes some catches that are just like wow. If it's anywhere in his kind of vicinity, it looks like he can get a hand on the ball. He's gonna pull it in, and that's exactly what you want. Now to get those guys on the field, there had to be some shuffling, and one of that sh- one of those things that got shuffled was Taven Richardson now taking some snaps on the inside. That kind of happened the way they made it seem is because Akeem Hayes, a freshman who they really liked, had an injury. Most likely, probably might not see him the rest of the season. Um, So he's now inside to take that depth. And Taven Richardson's a guy that I had been talking up for a while and really liked him. He's one who's had some great games and has been really impressive. Another guy that just looks the part of an SEC wide receiver. Don't really know what's going on with him this season. You haven't heard from him much. Maybe it's Dorian Baker getting a few more looks or something like that. Um, but he's apparently going to be worked back into the rotation and probably in a more prominent role because, A, because he'll be on the field in that slot inside spot. Also, when you hear the defense talk, they're mad. The whole team for the most part. I believe Cash Daniel, he said pissed off a lot. He said they were pissed off. That's the last time I'm going to say that. But they're mad. They want to win. And it's pretty obvious that, you know, sometimes you try to hide those things to a certain extent. You don't let your emotions be worn on your sleeve because you don't want to give it too much power if that makes any sense. Because if you do that then you might try to play too hard or do something out of line and you know just hearkening back Cash Daniel specifically you might you know do something and get ejected from a game because you're trying to do a little bit too much. So I fully expect the defense specifically to come out ready to go and I mean I've I've heard it kind of bantered about, is this, is this a game where they shut them out? Where the Vandy offense isn't super-duper high-powered? They got some dudes, and I'll talk about them here in a minute, but it's kind of a thing. If you can kind of slow down a couple guys, after that there's just a bunch, a bunch of question marks. All right, we're going to talk about those Vandy guys here in a second, and I'm going to have a C.J. Conrad take that, in all honesty, I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. But first, I want to tell you more about Nick Ratliff. Buying or selling a home is a huge process and not something you want to do alone. You don't want to go through it without someone to guide and protect you each step of the way. Nick Ratliff with Better Homes and Garden Real Estate Cypress is the man for that job. Nick is a lifetime resident of Kentucky, so he knows the area and shares your values. He loves his clients to benefit from technology, but never loses that personal touch. Check out his website, BBNHomes.com. Oh, Did I mention Nick is a University of Kentucky graduate? Twice, actually, and he's a lifetime Kentucky Wildcat fan. Maybe that's why he went back to UK for that second time. He wanted access to those cheaper student tickets again. If you're looking for a home or ready to sell, check out BBNHomes.com or call 859-429-SOLD. That's 859-429-7653. Don't buy or sell a home without talking to Nick. Also, got to let you guys know about Sling TV. Listen, it is a crazy night as we're recording this on Thursday. There is sports galore. Baseball, hockey, basketball, football of NFL and college. And if you want to watch sports, Sling is what you need to have. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never use? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football and all those other sports I just talked about. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch of other ones. Stream on your big screen or your favorite device. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless contracts, no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. Cancel anytime. And as I mentioned, you can upgrade and downgrade your package because that's where you can kind of save a little bit more money between these things. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash lockedon. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. You got nothing to lose. It's a free trial. Sling.com slash locked on. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Jumping back to the football game here. Here's my C.J. Conrad take. And honestly, I don't know if anybody else is going to give this to you. I think C.J. Conrad is getting targeted enough. Your mind is probably blown right now. Now, when I say enough, do I mean he should? You know, he shouldn't get the ball thrown his way. No. But right now, this is before the bye week, which kind of skewed the stats because most a lot of teams got a bunch of more got another game under their belt, and so the 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 tight ends would have got more catches. So this is before the bye week, according to CBS stats because I tweeted this out on October 7th. C.J. Conrad is tied for 22nd in the country and 5th in the SEC in receptions for a tight end. Also, C.J. Conrad only trails Lynn Bowden in receptions on the U.K. team. Only Lynn Bowden. He has the second most catches on the team. What What do you want? Do you want him to have the most receptions on the team? Okay, if you want to make that argument, that's fine. But he's right there at the top. The problem with the Kentucky's offense from a throwing standpoint is the fact that they're not doing it enough. They're not completing enough passes. It's not that C.J. Conrad isn't getting enough targets. And the thing that I've brought up before, and it's kind of blown my mind, everybody wants to point to that last play in the, for K- the Kentucky offense in the Texas A&M game, which is fine. If you want to say they should have ran the ball, I'm right there on board with you. But what did they do instead? They, were, they had an option to throw to, to two tight ends. Everybody wants to throw to the tight ends until there's a play drawn up, and then it doesn't work that goes to the tight ends. All right, we got, let's talk about these Vandy players. They got some really, really impressive stats from these guys. Kyle Schirmer, whose father, is an NFL head coach. That's probably why you recognize that last name. He's thrown for 1,600 29 yards and has 11 touchdowns. Keyshawn Vaughn has rushed for 495 yards and has scored five touchdowns. He's actually a transfer uh, from Illinois. Uh, The interesting thing with Vaughn is he had an injury in the Florida game. There was kind of some debate if he'll be ready to go or not. Everything you read and hear, and I I heard he had a tweet earlier this week that he'll be ready to go, and Derek Mason said that he kind of believes that everything should be on track for him to go. We'll see on Saturday. If he's not ready to go, Vandy loses a key, key, key part of their offense. The other key part of their offense is Kaleidia Lipscomb. He has caught 49 balls this year for 560 yards and six touchdowns. He's a 6'1", 200-pound receiver. He's got good size but not crazy size, so that just shows you what kind of skills he has. Also, uh, two other defensive guys to keep an eye on, Jordan Griffin who has 68 total tackles this year, and Josh Smith for Vandy is their tackle for loss leader. He has six and a half sacks. So that's the guy that's going to be in the backfield um, trying to tackle Terry Wilson. I didn't tease this at the top, and I should have, because it's kind of a, I don't want to say crazy necessarily, but it's an analogy that I came up with driving home from Alabama and it meant a little off the wall. I was listening to an NBA podcast, and they were talking about coaches. It was actually Adrian Wojnarowski and Zach Lowe, two of my favorite NBA guys. And they were saying, they were recounting a story that was told in a book about the Heat team when LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh were there. And apparently, when the Heat were starting out, that first season of the Big Three, they started out kind of slow. Trust me, guys, just keep... Bear with me on this. This is going to circle back to football, and I'm going to try to make a point here about Terry Wilson. And so what ended up happening, there was a ton of speculation of, oh, the Heat are going to fire Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley's going to come down from the the president's or whatever his title is, office, and he's going to coach the team. And so there was a meeting, reported meeting, with D. Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Pat Riley. And according to the book, and I think this is actually from Pat Riley said this, LeBron said to Pat, do you ever kind of have the itch to coach again? And that was basically, are you, do you want to come coach this team? I, you know, are you thinking about it? And Riley shut it down. Stuck with Spolstra. Listen, you can hate LeBron and the heat in that big three situation, and obviously they had one bad year where they didn't win the championship, but overall pretty successful run, went in some titles with those guys. Now Eric Spolstra is a very good coach, highly regarded in the NBA, and I think it was Zach Lowe in the podcast was making that po- this point. If you're the owner management of an NBA team and you think you have a good coach, you keep him. If you're not sure and your star player says get rid of him, you get rid of him. Now here's where I'm going to shift it to football. If You're the head coach of a football team and you think you have a good quarterback and there's some noise around and maybe there's some disgruntled you know, wide receivers or something that are kind of upset because they're not getting the ball and they're not getting some opportunities they want to. But if you think you have this good quarterback... You stick with that quarterback, just like Pat Riley stuck with Eric Spolstra and he got some championships. That's where I think Mark Stoops is right now with Terry Wilson and this team. I think he he and Eddie Graham believe that Terry Wilson could be not just the guy, but a really good guy, and there might be a little bit of growing pains because he is still young. This is still his first season in college football. So they are going to stick with him. And if they believe he is going to be a good quarterback, I, um, I completely agree um, with that decision. And with that, we're going to roll into the over-unders. One of them has to do with the quarterback position. So I'm going to tell you about the over-unders in just a second. But first, I got to let you guys know about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is a top source for tickets for all live events. You can sort by price or even look up seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving uh, listeners a promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On, Kentucky. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's over under time. So I had to make these up on my own. I made them up when I got in the studio tonight. Here are they are. Gunner Hoke snaps against Vanderbilt. Benny Snell touchdowns and Kentucky interceptions. I th- the line I set was Gunner Hoke have a snap, just one snap. If he has one snap, then it's over. If he has zero, it's under. This is kind of fun for twofold. One, if you're in the camp that he should get some reps because Terry Wilson have sh- has struggled, then he'll get a snap. Or, if you think Kentucky's going to blow out Vandy, then he'll probably get a snap because the game will be over in the fourth quarter. It's really interesting on either way. So you kind of could get both sides in a either really good Kentucky outcome or really potentially bad Kentucky outcome. Either way, you might be right. And so I'm going to go over. I think Kentucky ends up kind of blowing out Vandy. I'll make my score prediction after we wrap up these over-unders. Benny Snell, one and a half touchdowns. Over or under, Curtis? Let me think about that, Curtis. I'm going to go under. I think Benny Snell is going to have a really solid game. And I think he's kind of mad that he didn't get to show his full potential against Texas A&M. But in this game, I think it's going to be an A.J. Rose game. I think both backs are going to be really, really good. But I think A.J., I won't say he's necessarily going to outrush Benny Snell, but I think he's going to make a couple of wow plays and really open some eyes and impress some people. So I'm just going to have Benny Snell with one rushing touchdown in this game. It's kind of surprising considering I'm about to pick Vandy to lose rather big, but I think Kentucky's going to kind of take the chance to spread it out in this game. finally, Kentucky interceptions, one and a half. Kyle Shermer is going to have to throw a lot in this game if it goes the way I believe it will. Kentucky kind of having a lead, grinding it out. Vandy's going to be attempting to make some comebacks. Will he throw more than one and a half interceptions. Currently, he's only thrown five. So he's averaging less than one a game. Been I mean, really efficient. But I think this Kentucky secondary is just different. I think they're ready to go. I think they're going to be keyed up on the big target that Vandy likes to go to, Kalijah Lipscomb. And I think they're going to grab two picks. I'll make a prediction of who it is. I'm going to say Mike Edwards. And let's go with Chris Westry, Mike Edwards, and Chris Westry will get a pick a piece in Kentucky's. Here's my score prediction for it: forty-one to ten win over Vanderbilt. Yep, that big a margin. I think Kentucky's ready to going to be ready. They're going to come to play. They're going to just blow out Vandy. They're going to run it early, and they're going to just put them away at the end. Vandy might score some. Points late to, to put it up. Well, just 10 points is what I'm predicting. So they might, I don't know when they're going to score those points. But I think Kentucky's all the way ready to go. My other prediction for this game, crowd's not going to be great, guys. I'm sorry. I hate to kind of say that and put a downer on it. But I I've kind of, people have been wondering about that. And with Keeneland, with a lot of things going on around um, town this weekend, and let me look at the, the Saturday forecast. Ooh, it's going to get down to 33 in the evening, so, and there's a, some rain. I think the crowd might be there early, but by the end of the game, it's going to be a, an empty stadium. Now, that's kind of a positive for Kentucky, is because as I said, I think it's going to be a blowout, so fans will be like, ah, might as well just head home and watch the second stringers kind of take down the Vandy second stringers and run this score up. And that was my other point I was going to make earlier about Vandy. The way I understand it, they had a problem that Mark Stoops had earlier with a drop-off and their second-team guys is really steep. So when Kentucky starts to kind of pummel them to a certain extent, like I think they will, with that fully healthy offensive line and a motivated Benny Snell, then when when that D-line needs a little break, there's a drop-off. Other position groups, kind of the same deal. So I think Kentucky wins easily, and by the end of the game, the stadium's kind of empty. Listen, I mean... Prove me wrong, Kentucky fans, but if I were in your shoes, and I'm not because I'm in the nice toasty press box that keeps me dry and safe and gives me all the Coke Zero I could drink, so I'm not going to be mad at you for going home early, but that's what I think is going to happen. That's my, kind of my little prediction there. So, also of note, I think Mark Stoops has been seriously insulted to a certain extent. I saw in the SEC network, something or other, I don't know what show it was, one of those shows, that they had a ranking of guys you would win in a fight coaches. That's obviously stemmed from the Vanderbilt, Florida dust-up that happened last week. Mark Stoops, being an undervalued man. You can't look past him. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. And Mark Stoops has been a little bit undersized most of his life. That didn't stop him at any point. And I think if he ever had to get into it with another coach, I wouldn't mind taking my odds with Mark Stoops across the SEC. That's all I'm going to say. All right, let's wrap up with a couple more tales from SEC Basketball Media Day. One, after I recorded yesterday's podcast, which if you missed, go check out, I kind of give my breakdown of SEC Basketball Media Day as a whole. There's an interview with Jimmy Dykes. There's awesome comments. From Frank Martin the head coach of South Carolina but after I recorded there was an upstairs little party type deal everyone in the media was invited and it was kind of cool for me honestly like sometimes I was joking with Kyle about him being jaded at madness and you get jaded pretty quickly in this industry to a certain extent because you know, you're around a lot of things and you kind of once you do one thing once you kind of just you want to get your job done but I was all done for the day went upstairs and They have a nice food spread. They got an open bar and you're just hanging out. You know, I was talking to some of the local TV guys from Lexington that were down there working and uh, all of a sudden Seth Greenberg walked by who'd been a guest on this podcast. So I say, hey, Seth, shake his hand, uh, give Kyle Tucker a hard time, reminisce a bit and he walks away and you kind of turn over there. Oh, there's Andy Kennedy, former Ole Miss coach now commentating with the SEC network. Oh, who's over there? Oh, that's Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. Oh, let me turn this way. Oh, there's Greg McElroy, You know, national championship quarterback. Let me turn one more time. Oh, my goodness. Is that Antoine Walker? That's Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker's just hanging out over there. And it was on this rooftop bar. I told you about the, the Grand Bohemian Hotel down there in Birmingham. So it was a beautiful location, and I'm hanging out with all these famous people. And I'm like, how did I get here? I don't exactly know, honestly, but I kind of just enjoyed the moment. All right, we'll wrap with the the extended version of the Tom Crean story. And it also involves Andy Kennedy. Here's the full length of it, because it was awkward, guys. It was kind of awkward. I don't know if anybody's seen The Shape of Water. I actually watched it on a plane. And the only reason I watched it is because I knew it was an award-winning movie. But anyway, there's a weird line in the movie, and it's... I don't... I, this a, I get a little bit... look here, because... I don't know if I... It's kind of an uncomfortable topic. It's about bathroom stuff. So one of the, like, bad guys in the movie, I'm not going to give anything away, but he goes into the bathroom, and basically the quote was, he said to the people that were working in there, you either wash before or after. It tells you a lot about a man. I don't know. I'm not going to try to dissect what that means. But it's a quote from the movie. It's a famous movie. And so there was an unnamed, a person unnamed in this story that I won't divulge there who it was. So here's how it went. I walked in. Andy Kennedy was going to the bathroom. This unnamed person was going to the bathroom. I went to the urinal. Andy Kennedy and the other guy were walking and washing their hands. Tom Crean walks in, and Andy goes, Hey, coach. To Crean. Obviously, coaching fraternity. They knew each other. The other member of the media, who also is probably friend, friendly with Tom Crean, said, Oh, you either wash before or after it tells you a lot about a man. And then Crean kinda I couldn't see all this. It was behind me. I was just listening. He walked to the urinal and he goes, Oh, I would have taken you for a man who washed before. And then he kinda like uh, did this awkward chuckle. And I peeked over my shoulder and I saw Andy Kennedy just look at this other member of the media and go, What is wrong with you? But with his eyes. He didn't say that publicly. And the guy then said, Well, that's enough talking in the bathroom and left. So that's the fool. SEC Basketball Media Day bathroom story. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening. If this was kind of a rambling, it is because I had been on the road for about six hours. But I hope you enjoyed it. So I'll give the spiel at the end here. Follow me on Twitter at CurtisBirch, B-U-R-C-H. You're, be sure to be following at LockedOnUK. You can follow at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Be sure to be following LockedOnKentucky on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. It'll be right there. Um, please subscribe, rate, review, and then most importantly, share it. And then I'll give the plug real quick. Uh, just like Nick Ratliff, if you want to be a part of this podcast as a title sponsor, hit us up. LockedOnKentucky at gmail.com. Rates are reasonable. I think we're building something great here. If you're a listener, but you don't have a business, but you know somebody who is, spread the word. And you know, spread the word about that and spread the word about the podcast. That's how we get this growing and we get you involved. Uh, apologies for not getting a mailbag in this week. Obviously, the schedules were a little bit jumbled up with me on the road and such. We'll make sure we get one in next week. Also, I plan to do a recruiting recap next week with a guest. Oscar Schwebe will make his decision on Sunday, so we'll have part of the big man puzzle from a basketball recruiting standpoint figured out for Kentucky. Um, Big week next week. We'll have it all covered on Lockdown on Lockdown Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.